and a mouse keep running, running and 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 welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 347. And it's just going to be me, myself, and I this week because not a lot of Marvel books came out, especially, you know, stuff that we have been talking about. I'm going to be talking about Thor and Fantastic Four, actually getting back to Fantastic Four, where you get a kind of a one-shot deal, a little trick-or-treating or treating and tricking type uh, issue that catches everybody up it's actually not a bad jumping back on point i I don't know if it's a great jumping on point but it is a pretty good jumping back on point and i'm going to use it for that and with that the the thor and the fantastic four issues they're fun enough there's nothing that's going to wow you i think in either of these issues but there is some fun to be had and i'll try to have that but before we go into that sort of thing. Let me remind you to go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Also, check out our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can get a ton of other shows. And the reason why I'm only talking about Thor and Fantastic Four is that Death of Doctor Strange number two and Phoenix Song Echo number one were picked by the bad asses of the Get Fresh Group. Beep boop to be on the Patreon exclusive Marvel Spotlight episode. And just to kind of tell you what that is, I kind of go through it real quick at points. We have our Patreon. You go on and the badass level, the top level, ends up being able to pick two books each week. We have a poll that goes up on the weekend prior and they all vote. Everybody votes and the top two get picked for that spotlight episode so they are in charge and sometimes they pick the big books sometimes they pick crazy books that know it'll drive me nuts things like that this week without a lot of you know picks not a lot of books coming out pretty much to me they picked the big ones but if you want to argue and complain and say why did they do that i'll tell you you can you know get their names right here because this is the badass roll call uh uh This is the people who you can blame for those picks and why we're not talking Death of Doctor Strange or Phoenix Song Echo. And this is Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Michael S., Forrest Polly, Cam, Joseph Wojcik, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, Matches Balone, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Bertasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, and just as a little recruitment, I've asked him to actually join me for a part of this podcast coming up later. He hasn't responded. I'm using this as recruitment. This could be called tampering. I don't. Michael G., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Rocky, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Aldrin Stoja, Nick Adams, Bill Bear from the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Scott Manship. Oh, Manship. Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G., Josh Vermillion, Dalton Edom, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, my man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray, you know him as Brandon. He, he is up there in Buffalo drinking. Bad grammar, that guy has. Not really good at punctuation. 
or punctuality, I heard. That I did. I'm making that up. And double A, Ron, there in Minnesota, probably freezing his kajulis off already. And ultimate badass Reggie, R.I.P. And with all of that said and done, let's get off to those two books. All right, we're going to start with Thor number 18, written by Donny Cates, guest art by Pasquale Ferry and Bob Quinn. I like the art in this issue. Colors by Matt Wilson, like the colors in this issue as well. And VCs Joe Sabino on letters and design. And I'll tell you, I, I like the letters enough, but it's the design that gets me. You had me at design, VCs Joe Sabino. Thor is the god of thunder and all father of Asgard of late. He has had trouble with his hammer, Molnir, and I hear they make a pill for that. It might be blue. I don't know. I heard something. Molnir, sometimes it's too heavy. For him to lift and other times people are able to lift it despite the fact that no one but Thor should be able to. Deciding Mjolnir's disobedience must be because he is now Asgard's king and no longer its warrior. Thor left the unruly hammer in the only place he thinks safe within Avengers Mountains so that he can focus on being a better king. I like that it's an unruly hammer just because it's doing something that, you know, might be outside the box. Maybe it just wants its own freedom. Maybe this hammer just wants to be itself, right? But now the Avengers report that Mjolnir has been stolen, and this is Master of Whispers. And Thor is one of those books. I like Donny Cates. I know that some people have issues with him and issues that go beyond writing comics. They go into his Twitter presence, maybe even the fact that he likes to change his hair color occasionally. I think that's nonsense. I don't bring any of that in here. What I think, though, is... Sometimes he's awesome. I mean, when he's hitting on all cylinders, he can be one of the best writers in comics. But when he's not, here's the thing. I never think that the stuff he does is awful. I think that the worst Donny Cates does is okay. Yeah, but no, it's okay. Uh, But most of the time, I think it's good. And I think the Thor book is good. It's not great. It's not awesome. It's good. But being just good is not enough for me to each week need to read it first. This is not on the top of my pile of what books I need to read when they come out. Now, it's a little different when you have a podcast and stuff like that where you're going to be reading them for the podcast. But when a book is really, really hitting, I I tend to read it before just for my own pleasure so that I can be there, okay, I like this, and then I'll read it again for the podcast. But this Thor book is never... One of those, but when I read it, I do enjoy it. And I enjoy this issue, though I have some issues with it of just not feeling big enough. You end up the last issue where Monier's stolen. This is big. This is big stuff. Now, why then, when I opened this, did I forget that happened? When I first started, oh yeah, Monier got stolen. That's right. This isn't something that's hitting with me of, oh my God, where's Monier? Are we going to find out? And maybe it will get that way. Maybe this leads to a big event. I don't know. But at this moment, it's just, okay. Oh, yeah, Molnir's been so. Let's see what's going on now. My problem, though, in this issue is you open up and Thor himself does not feel like he's that worried. He's there, a sad sack. He's talking. He's, Loki's going to show up and, you know, they're having wine together. And I think that the scene and the back and forth with Loki's great. But there's no sense of urgency in my mind. It's like, hey, uh, yeah, I was talking to some people, and I, I figured, Loki, I, I kind of need you to help me find Molnir. I can trust you. You're the best. 
And there's not like this idea that Thor is at wit's end and, and just, oh my God, we got to find it. What are we going to do? What's happening? It's just kind of like, yeah, I've been a great king. People are talking trash on me. It's kind of, you know, it, it hurts inside and it makes me feel less. I don't need that. Molnir's missing. Come on. And with that, too, just go with that idea of, oh, I'm a bad king. People talking a lot of garbage. They're talking smack in the t- 10 realms. I don't get it because I know that we're being told this constantly. Donny Cates keeps reminding us that Thor isn't a good king. The only thing that I could say about it is he's barely done anything as king. That was part of the beginnings of Donny Cates' run, the idea of the vacant king, the who's going to be a king if, if Thor doesn't want to be and goes off. But this idea of everybody talking trash, things have happened, I'm bad luck, I'm a, it, it's just not hitting with me. It's just there to keep reminding us because eventually we'll get to probably a big story, a big arc, really just based on that. So he wants to keep reminding, but I'm not getting that. That's not hitting. It's not sticking with me. What's sticking with me is you got to get Molnir back and why are you just sitting around? So he's talking to Loki. It's revealed who he's talking to is Loki. Loki's kind of using the whole deal of I'm not really paying attention. What I thought at the beginning was that Loki is going to help, but it's going to take a little bit of a bargain. You're going to owe me this, that, and the other thing. But it's it's actually better because Loki hears this and is like, oh, like you, you love me and you think I'm the greatest, you can trust me? Like those words I would have killed universes for before. Back in the day, I would have begged. I, I might have sold my soul for, to hear those words coming from your lips, but now it's too late. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not because he realizes Thor doesn't need somebody just to go find Molnir. Thor needs somebody that can do a little underhanded stuff, a little off the book stuff, a little maybe bend the rules because he thinks that this is going to be some sort of tough ordeal. It's not just going to be, okay, let's find out where it is. Okay, that's where it is. You're going to have to do some, you know, kind of shady stuff. And who better than Loki? But Loki says, I'm a king now myself. You know, I'm the king of Jotunheim, and I'm doing that. You you kind of came to me a little late in the game here. And then Thor's like, well, I know, but, you know, I need to, to figure this out. I need to get it. And I thought that you were just the greatest. You were the greatest spy. Loki does get taken in on it a bit. He starts to make up, well, if I was going to do it, and it's one of those things. You, you can take. The, the mischief from Loki, but you can't take Loki from the mischief or whatever it would be. But he gets excited. Oh, well, if I was going to do it, what I'd do is do that. And he's like, oh, you got me. Like, I didn't want this to happen. But what we're going to do, pour me a drink, and we're going to figure out who and what can do this. Because I'm not going to be able to, but I think we can figure out a plan. And basically the rest of the issue, and an issue that reads really quick, you're going to get pretty much an Ocean's Eleven type gathering of a team. Even in the way that you can almost picture swipes going, like a Star Wars swipe, like, okay, we got that person. Now I need a bloodhound swipe, and there you go. It, it plays out pretty cool. I like the art. I like the art a lot in this. But what we end up going first to a Forever Glade, and if you're familiar and you see kind of what's going on, Throg. Throg has returned to his homeland to tell everybody of Forever Glade how great he is. And a lot of times you would look at this as being like, oh, look at this big head. No, it's Throg. Everybody loves Throg. So he's there and like, did you hear of the tales of what I did to the phony 
Donald Blake. They're all yelling. Yeah, they're all cheering. He's so excited. And in this, that art change of really cartoony, like almost like a WB type style art here, uh, really, really works out well. It's so cute. It's so fun. And really, by the by this point, it really does feel like, OK, we're doing an all ages book and things. And you can have a lot of fun with it. I saw some people really like this issue. Some people kind of I like it. It's just you need more and you need bigger, especially with Molnir going. But, hey, if we're going to do this, let's have some fun. And yeah, Throggy's talking. And what about me and the King Lockjaw fighting back to back against the shadow of Ash? Like he's just screaming and yelling stuff. He has this hammer go. Everybody's loving it. They're all loving it. Boom. All of a sudden, lightning comes from another part and Thor arrives. And it's like right in the middle of the big crescendo, too. I mean, you end up having the Independence Day speech or the Braveheart speech of Throg. Just uh, everybody's like going nuts. And then. Thor interrupts it. Oh, did, did I interrupt anything? And it's kind of a there's a kind of a neat little thing if you have layers and and stuff like that, where you do kind of get the idea that maybe what the problem with Thor is he is just a self centered jerk. I mean, he comes in the middle of this big and it's played for laughs, but really all he is is woe is me, woe is me. It's always what have, what have I done? What am I wrong? What is this? And he comes in like, oh, did I interrupt something? Yeah, you did. This was a huge Throg celebration here. And he's just like, I got to talk to you. And maybe that's kind of the point. Maybe it is that he's just never thinking beyond himself at this point, especially with all the problems he has. And that would happen to somebody who becomes a king and isn't ready for it. But one, he always wants to be that. He wants to take over. You know, hey, my father owed this and that. But then when he gets there, he doesn't quite know how to do it. And he's kind of gone within himself. I don't know. That's just me. When he interrupts Throg, I'm just saying he's kind of a jerk. And they go in and it, it's a good little bit of that, that sense of, of size and scope here when he goes in and Thor's so crouched over where Throg's there talking. They're drinking. Of course, they would be drinking. And Thor says, I need you. I need you to, you know, help me with more. And he says, even Hey, I uh, I should be more. I've been arrogant. All this. I think that that's part of the problem. Can you help me? Because something's wrong with Molnir. Then it got stolen, and that's where you get the. I'll need a team. Now we really hit into the Ocean's Eleven. I mean, this is boom. And he's like, I'm gonna need uh, access to the realms. I'm gonna need hugging and mugging the crows. Okay, boom. Then I'm gonna need a bloodhound. Somebody could track things throughout the whole month. Boom. There's Lockjaw, you know, and it's Lockjaw and him have become a great team. So he's like, all right, let's go. And I love too where you have Throg going, Lockjaw, wake up, my old friend. Adventure awaits. And Lockjaw is look at him so tired, huh? And then his tail wags. I'm like, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. And then he's sailing the seven seas there to go and find the Marauder ship. You see, you know, Kate at the helm, and he needs to get Lockheed. And he's like, I need a forward scout. What would be better than a dragon? Lockheed, you're on the team. And then one of the funny plays here, and I'm, the thing is, I wish that this was first. I know that you want to go a progression, and you need Lockjaw. Like I said, they're a great team now and things like that. But the joke that you're trying to play with Doctor Strange could have been so much better if it was the first one. If you end up saying, I need somebody, this seems mystical. This seems like a magic problem, and I'm not really good with that stuff. So what we need to do is go to 
the best. We need a team member proficient in the use of the dark arts. Now, again, like I said, we've already got, you know, Lockheed, Lockjaw, the Crow. So you you get the idea. This is a team that is going to be a bunch of animals, right? And I don't mean party animals. I mean just animals. So when you go and Doctor Strange answers after that, I need somebody that's proficient in the mystical arts. Knocks on the door. Doctor Strange answers like, hey, Throg, welcome to surprise. Steven, I need somebody to help me on this journey. And you have to, what can I do to help? And he says, not you. I need bats. And there's that. But that would have played out better first. That would have been the cool joke. The first one. Oh, my God. I thought he was going to get Doctor Strange. And he gets bats. I love bats as well. So there you go. There's a team where I don't think that anybody can say, oh, I don't like that. You know, that, that. It, they're all great. So this could be fun. The, the problem will be this issue. Very quick. Not a lot happens as a team gathering deal. And a nice little conversation with Thor and Loki. But like I said, I needed a little more urgency to that. But when they get the team, Thor's like, okay. And it's funny. Thor says, okay, well, you gather the team of spies. And he's like, oh, Thor, uh, I already assembled them for four days ago. I've already done this. I knew this was coming up. I knew you were going to need me, whatever. So he already did that. And then says, though we may be spies, when we are joined and you have the last page you will know us as avengers and you have the whole team there in the hero pose throg right in the front it's cool it's nice it's fun uh with that i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten if you are somebody who's like oh that sounds cool i'm gonna go and i think you can have a lot of fun with this but it's just a setup and like i said this book this still doesn't get me to the point now it's funny in a weird way seeing the team here may actually excite me more than last issue of, oh, no, Mjolnir has been stolen because you kind of figured that was going to happen. Everybody had been hinting at it. Oh, you should have it with you. Where is it? Uh, People can lift it. So with this, I'm like, all right, I I could have some laughs and a smile. So so I'm down with it. But, yeah, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I said I love when you have a bit of the cartoony art, especially with Throg at points. Looks so cool, so great. So, yeah, with that. We'll go on to the next book. All right. We'll continue with and finish with Fantastic Four number 37, written by Dan Slott, art by Nico Leone, colors by Dono Sanchez Almara, letters not designed by VC's Joe Caramagna. I missed the design. When Dr. Doom learned that his fiancee, Victorious, had a liaison with Human Torch, he took his revenge. Doom blasted the torch with a device that left him burning hotter and brighter than ever before. He's as hot as Hansel right now. He is unable to turn off his flames. Johnny is now a danger to all those around him and forced to live in isolation as Mr. Fantastic seeks a cure. Or is he? Due to his infidelity, Johnny and the alien Sky also severed their soul bond. Ben and Alicia have been raising their adoptive alien children, Nikki and Joe Ven, after rescuing them from the casino Cosmico. But adapting to life on Earth has proven tricky for the two young alien warriors. And I do like Joe and Nikki. I think that they are the breakout characters from even the Empire deal. You ended up having a prelude issue in the Fantastic Four for that Empire event where they did save Joe and Nikki from the Casino Cosmico. And we start out at the Casino Cosmico with the Profiteer who's very upset. Since the idea of a pretty much a galactic collapse of the economy, and now we've getting, we're, we're more stable now. The economy's coming back, but people aren't going to the casino. Now, 
It's one of those things, like I said in the Thor review with Donnie Cates really pushing, I'm a bad king. Oh, everybody hates me. I'm a bad king. But not really ever seeing that. That whole deal with that economic collapse really didn't play out as anything. So having this, and it's a weird surface level thing when I think about it, when you start this, you end up having an economic collapse. And then when everybody gets their money back, things are stable, jobs are back, you're having all this. She is saying nobody's now people would be right back to that casino. I mean, people there's degenerate gamblers. You, You wouldn't be able to keep them away. But there's also the idea where when you do get that little bit of money, you want to make more. And I think that usually this is just me, but really in times where there are some real troubles economically, you end up having people kind of really risking, you know, to try to get there. But they're playing that game now with that. Profiteer, oh, nobody's doing the slot machines. Nobody's there doing the cards. She figures out, well, what we need is a show. And I agree, because what she should do is get Cher, Barbara Streisand, and Lady Gaga. Get Billie Eilish. Get them all there. Have shows. That would get people there. Got to change the game a little there, Profiteer. Right? I know your, your deal. I know what you're into. But Vegas has shows for a reason. You have to get them there first. When they're there, they'll gamble then. And then they'll kind of sort out the idea of, oh, I really like this gambling. But in the meantime, everybody, oh, Tony Bennett's playing tonight. I got to get there. So she just wants a show. But the show is the death sport of, you know, Val, or not Val, Joe and Nikki. So she has to go get them back. There is the big gist of this issue where it's a Halloween issue. It's a trick-or-treat issue. It's a cool deal. But everybody is going to have to, well, mostly everybody's going to have to protect Joe and Nikki so that the profiteer, that, that's kind of the glue of it all. Now, even with that, though, you do go into this issue and you had that recap. I said at the beginning, it's a good jumping back on point. And I said that because, like, if you don't know who Sky is, a lot of it will confuse you because we do get a recap of what happened between Johnny and Sky. But if if you know and you haven't been reading, you didn't read for oh, where's Sky? Okay, it's really spelled out. If you don't know who and the background of Nikki and Joe, the whole thing with it, it's not gonna hit as well. But if you do, if you haven't been reading in a while, this is a really good jumping back on point because it does spell out some of the scenes a little too much, I'll tell you. You end up having Spider Man and Johnny Storm in a classic team up that they you know, that's as classic as you can get. Really, it's just to recap what's been happening with Johnny. There's nothing really else that happens except possibly destroying the Statue of Liberty in a way they should have known ahead of time. But you do start with Joe and Nikki, you know, Cree, Scroll, the idea that when anything goes on in this book, and, and they're at the point now that they've teamed up together, brother, sister, but warrior, warrior type thing to go off. And again, if you're not familiar with the idea that they were raised to just death fight each other constantly at the casino you're not going to get the full scope of it but it it has been the great thing of them being that fish or fishes fishies out of water where they look at halloween and go at it as a war it's a war them against people who might not give them candy them against the other kids that are getting they have to be the best they are ultra competitive and anything that happens, but treat it as a war, a battle plan. And you do see Joey's at the chalkboard. Okay, now we're going to go here. This is where the most things, they give full out bars there. And while that's going on, you have Nikki who's a scroll like, boy, these foolish humans, they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. I can change my appearance 
all the time. This is what I do. I am made for this holiday. So this big plan of getting all the candies, that's all it is. That's a fun thing going on. And they do go out. And what they end up doing is duping everyone to take them out. They go out multiple times, which a lot of kids don't even use parents or older brothers and sisters to do this. They're a little younger, so they're going to have to do that. But everybody, most people listening, have gone out and then come back, switch a mask, and go out again. You want to get all the candies. Well, I did. Again, I'm very similar to Joe and Nikki, unfortunately. But they end up going, and they go out with Franklin and Val. Then they go out with Sue. Then they go out with Reed. They even say Reed's so distracted in his 70s look costume that we might even be able to convince him to go out again. But then they said, okay, we got a lot of candy mission accomplished, but we're not done yet. Let's go get mom and dad. Let's go get Alicia and Ben, and they will take us out this last time. They, they end up, they go too far. This is, they are the Bill Belichick of getting all the candy. They could just settle down right now. They've won the Super Bowls. They can settle down, but no, you got to start deflating balls and also filming practices. You, you didn't need to do that. But again, when you're that insane with things, you have to. And they do get Ben and Alicia before that you do See Johnny and again the Johnny stuff seems full out Recap oh woe is me I'm in The sub basement of the new Baxter Building I am in a Containment suit just like John Travolta Back in the boy in the plastic bubble And nobody can get near me And I'm sad and I shouldn't have Done what I did but I did and now I'm Here and when I'm alone I really feel Alone and I don't like it Ben says well by the way I set up a play date with you. It's your old buddy. And he said, meet at the usual spot. Now, there is where I'm like, why are you letting Johnny go out of the sub-basement now? Wait till Reed figures things out, because if he goes out, who knows what's going to go wrong? This issue is played for fun, so it's not like a, a huge thing, but he does go and meet Spider-Man at their usual deal. Classic, classic team-up. And hey, buddy, what's going on? I heard you have some problems. Johnny's like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty overpowered with the flame and stuff like that. And I like what Peter's like, come on now. Come on, hug it up. Come on, come in here. And when he gets a whoa, 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 Spidey says, get away, get away, you're too hot. And it's funny. But they're talking about it. And again, you're getting that whole deal. Ah, oh, you know, I did a little, you know, hanky-panky, Dr. Doom hit me with the gun. Then he ended up making my love of my life, Sky, turn in. They were having some issues anyway, but turned her back into a bird monster. And then she went home, Poochie, as I said. You end up, though, all right, what should I do? Do you have any advice? And he does say, hey, just hang in there. Like, that's a cat poster. What's going on? And they go through it. It's recap, but it's nice to see these two together. And then you go back and you do see Joe and Nikki go to Ben and Alicia. Hey, we're here to, you know, go trick-or-treating for the first time ever. Like, no, 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 we're not dumb. We know what you did. You already went out with everybody. And this is the worst. Ben and Alicia are the worst because they end up saying, and it's funny thing, like Nikki says, how did you find out? Do you read minds or something? No, 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 adults talk to each other. They, they already, they, we were talking. And now you're going to go out. Now, just imagine this. I know that it's to be like, okay, that's, you know, the proper thing. And Ben and Alicia, they're great. Hero. We're going to go out and return all the candy to the people you took it from. Seriously. Like, what are you going to do? Go up to a house and say, oh, by the way, uh, is this Mounds from your house? This Kit Kat? You do go up and say, are you the idiot who gave out apples still? I mean, seriously. You know, or, or brownies, something not wrapped, please. Uh, yeah, you're the one that gave out the nickels. But 
it doesn't even make sense in a semantic sort of way, but it's also like the worst thing possible because, and luckily it plays out this way. Just imagine you're giving out candy and then some family comes back and, uh, by the way, uh, were you giving out the Snickers because I want my kids to return their candy? You'd be like, listen, don't give it back to me. Just keep it. Everybody, there's has 99.999% would say, oh, don't worry about it. Just keep it. The, the better thing is just either take the candy from them. And in a, in a funny deal, you'd see Ben just eating all the candies. Or you just you, you ground them or something. But returning the candy <laughs> doesn't even make sense. And they go, but they're not even the, like the idea, too. They go to a house and like, hey, uh, do you remember? the? They're not even in the costumes they were in at the point. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. They have a big worst sorry on this bucket of candy. But yeah, these people are like, no, no, don't worry about it. You know, you, you, you learned your lesson. Um, and then that is when they end up being attacked pretty much where a spaceship comes down. It's the profiteer has sent a bunch of, you know, warriors down to grab Joe and Nikki. Okay. We're taking you back. This is what we saw at the beginning. And you know that Ben, Alicia, they're not going to go for this. And Joe. And Nikki aren't going to go back. And that's a big thing. And it does play out eventually, the idea of we're not fighting each other anymore. We're brother and sister. And they end up making the mistake. And it's an overlong kind of fight here as you end up having Alicia desperately trying to call in the rest of the Fantastic Four. But problem is Reed and Sue are in the void chamber, so they don't get it. And they're going to have to fight themselves. And so they end up, Nikki gets captured. Nikki looks like she's going to go off. Oh, my God, they got Nikki. And Joe goes insane. He takes us. I'm going. You want to have us fight again? Okay. And he has some trash talking. Place your bets. And actually starts killing everyone. And that's not good. That's not good for especially a kid who's being raised by one of the Fantastic Four. So they're trying to stop him. But he's going insane. And he's doing what at the end. This is what I was trained for. This is what I am. And then. One of the fun things of this is up until now, you did have Joe even still acting as if Ben wasn't his father. He was his platoon leader. You know, okay, Commander. You'd have that. It was kind of a cute little thing going on as they went, but it's showing you that he hasn't adjusted. He hasn't fully adjusted or left that idea that he is a Cree warrior of death, that that's what he is there for. That's what he was made for, as the Profiteer's doing, and he goes right into it. He's killing everyone. And you end up having Hiram, who was the last person on Yancey Street block that was going to get the candy back, says to Alicia, I want you to come inside. There's problems here. Uh, and what is my son doing? I want to know what he's doing. And he takes her inside. It's a weird transition to this, too. She starts using that living radioactive clay to try to control using the, you know, the the puppet master deal of her father to try to maybe change Joe in a way to control him to do it. And it, it's weird. It's just, boom, it's there, and it doesn't feel right. And then, oh, no, no, you can't do that. Oh, she pops out of it, right? And I'm okay, okay. It just was an odd thing, the idea of what's going on here. But, yeah, Joe goes to town, but then Ben and Alicia have to talk to him. And they get Nikki back. They end up saving the day. You end up having... Spider-Man and Johnny Storm come. Spider-Man ends up being able to web up this, you know, profiteer ship in between buildings and stuff. So that's all taken care of. And they do even say, 
hey, you guys, you, you know, whoever's left alive now after Joe massacred half of your crew, go back and tell the profiteer to leave us alone. And that, and I love Ben's like, if she comes back or you guys attack again, I'll take it personal. I'm like, boy, I'd hate to see that. But they have to talk to Joe. And it's nice. It, it's a nice moment where they say, listen, Joe, you know, you can't do that. You can't kill people. Okay, Commander, but, you know, that's kind of what we do. It was war. And I was going to, no, 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 let, let's dial this back here. I'm not your commander. And again, I think that it was one of those where up until now, it's like, let's wait until he's ready to call Ben father. Let's, let's, you know, you can't force this on. But at this point, Ben really has to say, like, we're not at war. You're not what you were before. You can relax now. You're a kid. Don't think of yourself as a Cree warrior of death. You are just Joe. And I'm not your commander. I'm your father. And you're not my little soldier. You're my son. And it's a real nice moment. I got feels from it because I like Joe and Nikki a lot. <laughs> Speaking of which, when you did have. The whole deal with Joe got, I didn't mind it. I mean, I, maybe I'm awful. Even when they're talking to him at the end, he's got blood splattered all over his face. And the weird thing about this is you could have had those, you know, soldiers he was attacking. Could have had them been robots. But I think you needed that one last horrific thing that he's going to do to get him and, and Ben and Alicia, everybody to get on board with. You're not that person anymore. But it plays out well by the end. In fact, Speaking of, I thought they were robots at one point. That's why I kind of say that. But you end up where he says, being a soldier is all I know. And that, that's tough. And it's it's heartbreaking. You even get that little bit of, it's it doesn't come off. Dan Slott's not giving you the full child soldier social commentary. But there is a bit that you can think about of that. What happens when, when you go and save, you know, Joe or, again, horrific, a child soldier? It's not just like, okay, you don't have to do that anymore. Let's go. Yay. Life is great now. No, that's all they know. And he says, that's all I am. He, in his mind, then he doesn't have any self-worth beyond the idea of being, you know, Joe of the house of Ven. The, and he says, that's my designation. This is what I do. This is what I was made for. This is my only worth. And I like it. It's very quick worth. Ben's like, no, no, no. We're going to have a new designation then. Uh, you are Joe of the House of Grimm. And from now on, all you all, all you have to do is be my son. It's really, really nice. Yeah, it's service level. Yeah, it's quick. But I really did like it. And like, oh, yes, I mean, father. Yes, father. In a very, I don't know, like a, a small wonder sitcom ending type of deal. But it's nice. And then to really get the sitcom ending, which, again, this is a fun issue. You end up having Johnny, who, again, Here's where I have some, if I'm going to nitpick, and I don't want to nitpick in a fun issue like this, but Johnny, who has flamed on to the extreme, you get, they're all standing two inches from him at the end. Oh, by the way, uh, do you, Alicia, do you know how to work in metal? Because we kind of did something to the Statue of Liberty. I mean, at that point, it looks like Spider-Man is pressing up against him. What happened, guys? But. All right, we'll, we'll let that pass. There are a couple things in here, like I said, that didn't really play out as well, but it's still fun. And then you end with the Statue of Liberty only being oh, the arm is only held on by spider web. And he says, my my webbing is going to dissolve in about an hour. We've got to get working here. Can you work in metal? And then, as I always like, it says Finn at the end as if it was fancy. 
So yeah, a little one shot. Yeah, it gets the deal, gets you the feels, has a classic, you know, fun, fantastic four feel with a Johnny and Peter team up. You have everything going on fun. So yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna give it in a surprising deal, and I like the art. Nate five. And other people are looking, and it's kind of the weird thing about the Thor, where I said, well, I need more, and yeah, this is fun, but I need something more important. This I actually love, just the idea of, okay, I can come in here, one issue, kind of get reacquainted with what's been going on because I have fallen off of the book and have a smile on my face that does make me want to continue. Dan Slott and me have a bit of a back and forth here. He drives me nuts a lot of times, so I'm not sure that I'll fully stick with the book as we go forward, but I'll be reading and reviewing the next issue. We'll go issue to issue and do all that, but I did like it because I love I love Joe and Nikki. I think that they are great and played out really well, even in this issue, or especially in this issue. So with all of that, hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. A little shorter deal, two books, just me. Hope I didn't annoy you too much with my crazy 80s references. I don't know what happened today. Everything that I was going through just reminded me of something from the 80s. So there you go. Uh, but I'll remind you, go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We will follow you back 100%. That is a promise. That is something that I think most people should do. I don't think it's fancy to have 10 trillion followers and only follow one person. I actually think that that's kind of bullcrap, right? I can't curse too much on this podcast, but I do. I think that's kind of being a pretentious prick. But that's me. <laughs> it's just me. Also, go over to our Patreon if you want to help us support for all this stuff that we do and get more and more shows in return. I looked uh, at this moment, we have over 2000 episodes of all different shows and yeah, Marvel, DC, indie, manga, TV, cartoons, movies, all that stuff all rolled up in one. We usually have one or two episodes of something each day. doesn't mean you have to listen to them all, but you can pick and choose. One of the things that I'll point out and then go into something else with my man, Dr. Matt Razor, who does the Star Wars podcast on this feed with me, we're doing a Super Crisis Power Hour podcast, and every Wednesday, me and him get together, and we're jumping back and forth between Secret Wars and Crisis on Infinite Earths right now. We ended up doing the first issue of Secret Wars and the first issue so far of the Crisis on Infinite Earths. This coming up Wednesday, we'll get back to Secret Wars for issue two. We're kind of doing it as a, a battle even in who who wins each round. So we'll see what goes on there and something that you might be interested in. So yeah, you can check all those patreon.com slash weird signs. But with all that, just subscribe, rate, and review if you can wherever you're listening to this. That's awesome. It would help us out as well. And I will talk to you later.